So this is the Dr. Harold Miniature and Collectibles paid read. Is that what we're calling it? Okay, here we go. Dr. Harold, noted professor of collectibles with a PhD in Funko, has gathered the best of the best collections and collectibles in one online store. For the collector, Dr. Harold has action figures from McFarlane, Mezco, NECA, Marvel, DC, Bandai, and Ninja Turtles, plus Pokemon cards, retro toys, Dragon Ball Z, G.I. Joe, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Power Rangers, Strange Things, Rick and Morty, Transformers, Magic the Gathering, John Wick, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, <gasps> Oh boy, that's a lot. Also, board games, card games, and for those mystically inclined, tarot cards. DrHerald.MyShopify.com That's DrHerald.MyShopify.com Dr. Harold played varsity for the University of Retail Therapy, so he knows what sports fans want. Bobbleheads, panini baseball cards, and collectibles for the NFL, the NBA, and the soccer leagues. Just, just go now. DrHerald.MyShopify.com DrHerald.MyShopify.com You're going to love that new stuff is added all the time. So the treasure hunt for you can continue. Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles online. DrHerald.MyShopify.com of the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero, ceiling zero, ceiling zero, ceiling zero. Barlow, one of the youngest, most brilliant and trusted men in the International Secret Police, has just brought a spectacular criminal case to a successful conclusion. Now he is about to go on a well-earned vacation, and we find him in his rooms with Speed Gibson, his orphaned 15-year-old nephew whom he is raising. He has his hands full, for Speed is the typical American boy, interested in shortwave radio, aviation, and most of all, in the International Secret Police. Because of Speed's interest in the organization and his evident aptitude, Clint has been teaching him as many rules and regulations of the secret police as he could without violating his oath of secrecy. As a result, Speed looks on crime as the height of weakness, failure, and cowardice, and has determined to do his part to end it. His admiration for his uncle and his work drives Speed on to study everything useful to a member of the secret police, for he is determined to join that organization and work with Clint. At the moment, however, Speed is working on a model of the China Clipper while Clint is reclining on the couch, snowed under with travel folders. Oh, oh boy. This is the life. <laughs> Nothing in the world to do but decide where to go on a vacation. Hey, let's see now. Here's Palm Springs, uh, Miami, the mountains. Uh, hey, Speed, where would you like to go best? China. China? <laughs> Look here, fella. I can only get away for about a week or ten days. Be reasonable. Uh, uh, what's that, Uncle Clint? Uh, oh, no, you didn't hear a word I said. Come back from wherever you are and listen to me, will you? This is important. Gee, I'm sorry, Clint. 
But when I get working on this clipper model, I forget about everything else around me. <laughs> you imagine you're actually flying in it, huh? I suppose I yanked you back from Wake Island when I asked you where we ought to go for our vacation. Mm, no, I, I believe it was Midway. Say, <laughs> Speed, with your imagination, you could stay right in this room and fly all over the world. Yeah, but I'd not rather really fly, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, flying is my middle name. I've had enough traveling for a while. What I want to find now is a nice, quiet place where there's nothing to do but rest. Oh, heck, that's no fun. Well, maybe not for you, but it's fun for me. On my vacation, I'm going to do nothing but enjoy the beauties of nature. Oh. Someone's at the door. <laughs> so I hear. Yeah. See who it is, Speed. If there's anyone for me, tell them I've gone to China. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's Barney. Hello, kid. Is the mastermind at home? Yeah, he's on the couch trying to find a vacation spot where he can do nothing but admire the beauties of nature. Well, he don't have to go away on a vacation to do that as long as he's got me around. <laughs> oh, say, when you come around, I see nothing but trouble. Now, you better not tell me that you've just come from headquarters and that the chief wants to see me about another job. Can't a guy drop in for a friendly visit without being accused of everything under the sun? No, I'm glad you came, Barney. Look at my clipper model. Say, that's a beaut, kid. First thing we know, you'll be piloting one of them clipper planes across the water. Maybe. But I'm going to be in the secret police like Clint and you. That's why I've been studying all the rules and regulations and asking you and Clint so many questions. Well, <laughs> you've got a flair for it, all right, Speed. But you know, it's the hardest work a man can do. I'll say it is. Especially when you're in the strong-arm division like me. That's what you want to work for, kid. Oh, is that so? Oh, listen, you big ox. Brains will get you out of many a fix that Braun never could. <laughs> I thought I'd get you off of that couch sooner or later. <laughs> the first time he's been off is his breakfast, Barney. And you'll notice I didn't use any muscles getting him off either. It was brains. Who was it said he had the brains and me the brawn for our partnership, huh? You both have plenty of both if you ask me. I don't know what that's going to leave me when I start working with you. Oh, now don't worry, Steve. You have youth, a fresh viewpoint. We've been in the game so long, we're apt to get in a rut. You'll be able to see many things that we may overlook. Well, now that that's all settled, is there anything to eat in this place? No, but that's an idea. What do you say uh, you go out and buy some food and bring it back here? Oh, yeah? If I get food, I should come back here with it. Oh, please, Barney. Can I go on your vacation with you if I do? Nothing doing. I see enough of you when I'm working with you. I want to rest in peace. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, you'd have been resting in peace long ago. I've gotten you out of plenty of scrapes. Why, the yeah, All right, all right. Now, yes, I admit that I couldn't breathe if it weren't for you. But if you'll only forget the past and stop talking shop. I'm on my vacation, my boy, even if I am still at home. I bet you'll stay at home, too, Clint. The chief will have a new case for you before we can get away. He will not, because we're leaving tonight. Where are you going? Yeah, I don't know yet. And I do know it'll be someplace where headquarters can't reach me. Uh-oh. <laughs> so you're going on a vacation, eh? Uh, answer it, Speed. Say I'm not here. But, Clint... Uh, answer it. Hello? Oh, hello, sir. Yeah, yeah, he's here. For you, Clint. It's the chief. <laughs> Speaks well for your training, Clint. The kid won't lie even for you. No, sir. Hello, chief. Hmm? Uh, yes, we're leaving tonight. Chief, it's another big job. I wish you'd take it. Uh, what's that, chief? Oh, now look here, sir. You promised me a vacation, and I'm going to hold you to that promise. Well, if something's up, let the other boys handle it. Why, sure, you're plenty of good men there. Yes. Uh, no. Yes. 
No. I wish he'd make up his mind. Shh, I want to hear. Oh, yes, I can reach Barney Dunlap for you. He's right here. Uh, what's that, Chief? You want speed. Gee, the Chief wants me. Right down and listen. Oh, no, I can't do that, sir. I, I'm very sorry, but... Oh, yes, I'll send Barney over, but don't count on me. And certainly not speed. Uh, what's that, Chief? The octopus. I'll be right over. Yes, sir. Now, what's on the fire, Clint? What's the chief want me for, Clint? Uh, the vacation's off speed. Come on, Bonnie. we got to get down to headquarters right away. The octopus gang's at work again. The octopus gang? Suffering wangdoodles. Where to now? Uh, Hong Kong. Oh, where's my tie? Where's that coal? Here they are, Clint. Well, what's the octopus gang? Oh, it's the worst criminal gang in modern history, Speed. No one has ever seen the leader, the octopus, but his organization covers the earth. Exactly like the tentacles of a giant octopus. He's diabolical. A genius of evil with a brain so brilliant that he has successfully eluded every effort made by Scotland Yard, the French Sûreté, and even our own secret police. Gee, he's your public enemy number one then, isn't he? Kid, from all I've heard of him, he's a super-colossal public enemy number one. Yes, and his power is constantly growing. He must be trapped. It'll be our biggest job, Barney. I'm ready for it, buddy. Well, come on, then. The chief naturally didn't give me any details on the case over the phone. He just mentioned the octopus. But that was enough for me. But what about me, Clint? The chief mentioned me, too, didn't he? Oh, yes, but he had the wrong idea. Haven't time to tell you now. I will when I get back. Oh, no, Clint. Let me go with you, please. Now, Speed, what's the most important thing a member of the secret police must know? How, how to obey orders. Well, then, as your superior officer, I order you to remain here until we get back. Yes, sir. And carry on with the China Clipper while we're gone, fella. Gee, Barney, how can I work on a clipper model when there's something really big in the air? Well, kid, I don't know. I wonder what the chief wanted with me. Oh, doggone it. So long, kid. I'll bring some food back. Clint always says how fine I'm doing in the secret police studies. But when I maybe get a chance to do some real work, what happens? I gotta stay home. No adventures could ever happen here at home. Oh, now what? Oh, uh, hello. Does Clint Barlow hang out here? Clint Barlow? Why, uh, he's not here. Oh, no. Don't try shutting the door in my face. If he ain't here, that's fine. I'll just come in and wait. <laughs> but not long enough for him to get back. Uh, who, who are you? Just call me Blackie if you must call me something. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little joint Barlow's got here. Well, what do you want with my uncle? Listen, I didn't come here to answer no questions, see? Just keep out of my way and you won't get hurt. But don't bother me none. I I won't, but 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 I gotta make a few phone keep calls. Keep away from that phone if you want to stay healthy. Well, I... Speaking of phones, your uncle was talking on that one just a few minutes ago, wasn't he? I, I, I don't know. You don't, huh? And I'll tell you, he was and I wasn't here. Barlow was chinning with his chief about the octopus gang. Octopus? Uh, that's a kind of fish, isn't it? Sometimes. Play dumb if you want, Speed Gibson, but you ain't fooling nobody. I heard the chief talking to Barlow about you. you. You heard him? Yeah, your phone wires tapped. I didn't learn much, but what I did hear made me kind of curious. I saw Barlow and his pal leave, so I thought I'd mosey in and learn some more. Well, who are Never you? Never mind. I'm going to take a look around. Maybe I'll find something that'll tell me more than you can. Hey, hey, keep away from that desk. Who says so? Sit down and shut up. Keep your hands off those things. You keep away from me or I'll fix it so you won't worry about what I'm doing here. Hmm. Huh. What's that on the table? My clipper ship. Yeah? I suppose your Uncle Clint made it for you. No, I made it. It's just like the real one. The body's real heavy. I weighted it so it'd have perfect balance. Uh, I ain't interested in clipper ships. Well, here's one that'll be interesting to you. Oh. 
golly. I knocked him cold. Hey, Pete, let us in. Yeah, they're locking this door. Yeah, I forgot my hat. Suffering wang doodles. Who's this guy? Somebody's put him on ice. And look at Speed's clipper model. It's wrecked. Yeah, I ruined it. Who is this man? He was looking through all your papers in the desk here. And he knew about you talking with the chief about the octopus gang. Said he'd tapped our wires. Let me get the handcuffs on him. Did I do the wrong thing, Clint? The wrong thing? Well, you're the best man of the three of us. Come on, get your coat, Speed. You've got to come along and deliver your prisoner. What? If the chief doesn't make you a bona fide member of the secret police for this, I'll eat Barney's hat. Speed, you're the first person who's ever captured an octopus gangster. Come on, let's get to headquarters. first episode, you remember, Clint Barlow, brilliant young operator of the International Secret Police, was called to his chief's headquarters for details of a new case concerning the activities of the octopus, the most dangerous criminal alive. With Clint was Barney Dunlap, his right-hand man. During their absence, a member of the octopus gang came to Clint's rooms, and in spite of the presence of Speed Gibson, Clint's 15-year-old nephew, sought to go through the operator's papers. Speed knocked the man unconscious with the model of the China Clipper that he was constructing, and now we find Speed, Clint, and Barney in the chief's office with their sullen prisoner, Blackie Spears. Why did you go to Barlow's room, Blackie? I ain't talking. He did plenty of talking to me, Chief Riley. He knew that Clint and Barney were on their way here. Said our telephone wires had been tapped, and he heard you talking to Clint. And he arrived shortly after Clint and Barney left, huh? Yes, sir. Well, that means he must have been in the same building. Maybe he took a room there, too. But why? Why was my phone line tapped? How did he know anything was in the wind? The octopus has ways of knowing things, Clint. Almost before anyone else knows about them. Blackie, it'll be a little easier on you if you'll tell us what you know. You're in a secret police. Supposing you find all that out for yourself. Let me smack him one, Chief. No, Barney. Keep your fist to yourself. We'll keep Blackie Spears with us for a while. Maybe he won't talk to us, but neither will he be able to talk to his gang or be able to get word to the octopus as to what's happened. You can't keep me here. No, can't we? You force an entrance into my rooms, admit to my nephew that you tap my phone wires, then you go through my private papers. We can keep you here, all right. Yeah? If it hadn't been for that kid slugging me with his aeroplane, you guys never would have touched me. I'll get you for that, Speed Gibson. You just try anything and I'll sock you again. Bets to Speed aren't going to help you any, Blackie. Take him out, Barney. Tell Kelly to put him in solitary. Yes, sir. Come on, tough guy. You can't do this for me, I tell you. The gang will rub you out. Ah, save your breath. We don't scare you. Well, I guess that takes care of Blackie Spears, all right. Yeah, thanks to you, Speed. If you hadn't used your wits, he'd have gotten away or perhaps shot it out with Clint and Barney when they returned before he expected them. <laughs> That's right, Chief Riley. And all because Barney forgot his hat. Well, he made me sore going through Clint's papers like that. And the secret police books I've been studying say that you should never give a criminal an even break. <laughs> Something to that effect, Speed. The idea is that the criminal never gives the detective a chance, so it's better to capture him first, disarm him, and then start talking. I sure smashed my china clipper on his head. <laughs> Didn't do his head any good, either. Has a lump on it about the size of an egg. Speed, how would you like to fly in the real china clipper? The real clipper? Oh, gee, Chief. Honest? Now, wait, now hold on there, Speed. Now, what do you mean, Chief? Well, you remember I said something over the phone about using speed on this job, Clint? Mm -hmm. And I said no. Oh. Clint. Supposing you hear the whole story before making a decision, Clint. Our Far East operator sent word by code that the octopus has reared his ugly head in China. Hong Kong to be exact. What's his racket this time? Smuggling. 
Dope and natives. Running dope in and natives out. Doing it on a wholesale scale. His enormous and very effective organization makes his illegal business a lot safer than most legal businesses. And far more profitable. And the best way to combat the evil is at the source. China. Mm-hmm. You want Barney and me to break it wide open, huh? Yes. You're to take the next clipper ship. It leaves day after tomorrow. I've already reserved passage for you. You proceed to Hong Kong at once. Good. Doesn't give us much time, but I've done more and less. Lucky, though, you reserved the passages. Yes, for you, Barney, and Speed. Oh, boy! Oh, now, listen, Chief. Now, Speed doesn't fit into this picture. I wouldn't think of taking him into that hotbed of danger. He's already in it, Clint. I said before that the octopus has ways of knowing things. Perhaps he already knows of Speed's part in Blackie's capture. Once you leave for China, no matter where, you may send your nephew. His life will be in actual danger. Well, that's true. On the other hand, the octopus will never dream that he's traveling with you. In fact, he can have no knowledge that you're crossing on the China Clipper. And this is where your uncanny knowledge of makeup may bring you close to the octopus. Oh, you mean I should use a disguise? Well, you've never been yourself on any job you've undertaken. That's been one of your secrets of success. No criminal knows how the real Clint Barlow looks except Blackie Spears. And his knowledge won't do him any good for a long time. That's right, Clint. You know more about makeup than any actor. Oh, you can change your whole appearance by just adding a little to your nose or changing your eyebrows or taping your eyes. Yes, the stage lost an excellent actor. And the secret police gained its best operator. But I not only want you to travel under an assumed face and personality, Clint, but Barney and Speed as well. No one is to know who you are. Your safety lies in your lost identity. Well, it's an old story to me, Chief, but as for Speed here, Please I Please let don't me know. go, Clint. I can help out in all sorts of ways. I'm counting on you, Speed. Your quick thinking in Blackie's case convinced me that you can help us in the capture of the octopus. You'll never be in the front line, so to speak. That'll keep him out of actual danger, Clint. But you as a boy will be able to see and learn things that an adult cannot. You bet I will. Oh, gee, Clint. Can I go? Can I? Well, after what Chief Riley has said about the danger of leaving you here, and if I can use makeup on you, uh... All right. Yes, you can go. I I can't see anything else now. Whee! Oh, boy, what adventure this is going to be. Not an adventure, Speed. Hard, dangerous work. The odds are tremendously against capturing the octopus. But you can't fail. And now, I have here full details as to the course I've laid out for you, Clint. Oh, but first I must swear speed into the International Secret Police. Are you ready to take the oath, Speed? I... I'm ready, sir. Then listen carefully. And see if you're still willing to join our force after hearing the oath. Yes, sir. Raise your right hand. Do you, Speed Gibson, as a member of the International Secret Police, promise to obey and protect law and order in your own country or wherever else your duties may carry you? Will you cooperate with the foreign police after you have fulfilled your mission? And will you, above all else, recognize the code of the secret police? Courage, honor, and silence. And not betray it in any manner whatsoever? I promise, sir. <sighs> You've bitten off a large hope there, fellow. And I welcome our newest and youngest member. Thank you, Chief. What's going on here? Barney, I'm a member of the International Secret Police now, and I'm going with you to capture the octopus. Huh? That's right, Barney. After we get our orders from the Chief, we're off. Off where? Alameda. After I change our appearance with makeup. Alameda? You mean... We're taking the China Clipper day after tomorrow.
Well, there's the clippers, feed. Isn't it a beauty? Look at that wing spread. Yeah, I hope them wings are spreading up to take us where we're going. <laughs> oh, doggone this mustache. <laughs> What's the matter, Barney? Oh, this phony misplaced eyebrow you stuck on my upper lip pickles. <laughs> it sure looks like it grew there, though, Barney. And that squint that Clint gave you... I never know you in a million years. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know you either. But with them specs you're wearing and the way Clint made your nose thinner by shading it with grease paint, you look real studious. Not like the guy that knocked Blackie over the head with a clipper model. <laughs> and Clint looks kind of foreign, don't he? With his hair dyed black and curled. He darkened his skin, too, and wearing kind of foreign clothes. Like a Frenchman. Well, now, don't forget that I'm supposed to be your French tutor, Speed. Now, wait. Have you got the whole story straight? I think so. Barney here's supposed to be my dad. We're from Texas. Yeah. He's kind of rich from his oil wells and wants me to grow up a gentleman. And you're supposed to help make me one, teaching me French and manners. The whole thing's crazy, if you ask me. Yeah, but nobody's asking you. You just stick to that story. Uh, what's your name? My... Now, I know you're crazy. Oh, not your real one, your assumed name. Oh, um, Fletcher, Jim Fletcher. And speed here is Earl. <laughs> Earl Wells, get it? <laughs> yes, and I'm Pierre Dorset. Now, I'm going to speak with a very slight French accent. And uh, you'd better use a drawl, Barney. What should I use? Oh, you talk to all with you, Speed. It'll be safer because you're not as old in the game as we are. You might forget to keep up an accent. Well, anyhow, you're getting an education from your French tutor and by traveling around the world. Hot ziggity! Oh, now, don't say things like that. In fact, the less you say in public, the better. Kind of carries out the student idea. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be thinking instead of talking. Say, they're winding up the clipper motors. Yeah, won't be long now. Better warming them up. Gee, I'm so excited, I don't know what to do. Just think, I'm really going to fly in the China Clipper. Wait a minute, what's wrong? That man in that blue shirt suit standing right over there? Remember him, Barney? Say, wasn't he in on that jewel smuggling racket three years ago? Right. One of the cleverest smugglers in the business. But we caught him and I thought he was safe behind the bars for a good long time. He must have been paroled. Yeah, but why is he going on the China Clipper at this time? Say, I wonder if he's going in with the octopus on his smuggling. Hmm, we don't even have to wait to get to China before we start meeting up with that gang. Yeah, maybe I'm all wrong. Maybe his going is pure coincidence. And then again, maybe not. You think he'll recognize you and Barney, Clint? No, Steve. Our disguise is entirely different. On the board for the China Clipper. Stop at Honolulu, Midway Island, Wake Island, Guam, Manila, and the Orient. Gee, now we can go aboard. Oh, wait, wait a minute, Steve. Let our friend in the Blue Surge get aboard first. What happens when we get to Manila? We'll wait and see what happens aboard the Clipper first, Barney. Can we go now, Clint? The flight crew has gone aboard. Yes, but remember... Now on, when there's anyone else within hearing distance, you're Earl Fletcher, Barney is Jim Fletcher, and I'm Pierre Dorsey. You got it? Yes, Monsieur Dorsey. Monsieur Dorsey. Now watch yourself. Here come some other passengers and... Wait a minute. What do you see? That man in the blue serge suit. He's talking to that little guy in the checkered suit. Yeah, and they're looking straight at us. Clint, that guy has spotted us. He's recognized us. They're going to keep us from getting aboard. He's calling that policeman. Come on, we've got to make it.
As you remember, in the last episode, Speed Gibson, his uncle, Clint Barlow, ace operator in the International Secret Police, and Barney Dunlap, Clint's working partner, were about to board the China Clipper in disguise and under assumed names bound for Hong Kong, where the dread criminal, the octopus, has renewed his smuggling activities. Just as they approach the giant plane, however, Clint recognizes in one of the other passengers a jewel smuggler whom he and Barney sent to prison a few years previously. The man sees them at the same time, says a few words to his companion, who in turn summons a nearby police officer. The boys try to get to the plane, but are stopped by the officer and the smuggler, who claims to be a private detective and who says that Clint, Barney, and Speed have been acting suspiciously and should be held for investigation. For a few tense moments, it looks as if the boys will miss the clipper plane. But Chief Riley has been so careful about their passports, using their assumed names and disguises, and has provided credentials so excellent that the officer at last releases our friends and reprimands the supposed private detective to be more careful of his accusations thereafter. He mumbles something about mistaken identity. Then he and the boys board the plane, and now we find our friends comfortably seated in the clipper, six hours out of San Francisco. Gee, I can, I can hardly believe that we're really flying in the clipper. Seems most too good to be true. I'd hate to be flying without it. We must be plenty high to be above the fog down there, Speed. Yeah. Isn't it swell, Barney? The moon makes the fog look all silver. Folks down on the ocean probably can't see the moon at all or the stars. Up here, they're as big as anything. Well, don't get so excited about it, kid. See, I, I can hardly believe we're really on the China Clipper. Well, you'd better start believing it, Speed, with that jewel smuggler aboard. I'm just as sure he's a member of the Octopus Day as I'm sure we're in the air. I think so, too, Clint. Else why'd he try to keep us ashore by framing us with that cop? Yeah, our passports are what saved us. And see that you remember who those passports are made out for, Speed. Now, Barney here is supposed to be Jim Fletcher, a retired Texas oilman. And you're his son, Earl. And I'm your French tutor, Pierre Dorset. Don't forget all that when we're talking where people can overhear us, kid. I won't, Barney. Clint, you look so different with your hair dyed black and curled. And Barney with that fake squint and mustache. You think that smuggler really knew who you both were? Well, I don't know, Speed. Criminals are suspicious of everything and everyone. Now, he may have glimpsed something familiar about us, or, or his instinct may have warned him of danger. Rather than take any chances, he tried to keep us from flying on the same ship with him. Yeah, all that business about him being a private detective and us the crooks. I wanted to turn him over to the cop. Oh, and reveal who we really were. Oh, don't be a chump, Barney. We can't make an official move while we're traveling in disguise and under assumed names. I know, I know. Have to take everything and can't dish anything out in return. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Barney. We'll get our earnings when we reach Hong Kong. Meanwhile, think of all the excitement we're going to have during the trip. Gosh, it doesn't seem possible that we'll reach the Hawaiian Islands tomorrow morning. Yeah, these ships are plenty fast. It's only 18 hours flying time between Alameda and Honolulu. And after that, our next stop is Midway Island. Gosh. How long is the stop over at Honolulu? Oh, uh, just about 24 hours. We take off again the next morning, uh, providing the weather is right. And am I going to make use of them 24 hours? No sleeping for me. I'm going to go swimming at Waikiki Beach, eat fish and poi, listen to ukuleles, and maybe watch some of those hula dances I've been hearing so much about. You can do that if you want, Barney. But I'm going to watch that jewel smuggler. And if I have any spare time, I'm going surfboard riding. Boy, I can hardly wait.
This is the life, Clint. <clears throat> Lunch at the Royal Hawaiian Hotel, and now basking on the sands of Waikiki Beach. Yeah, but I wish I could be in that water with speed. Look, look at that kid right that surfboard in. No, he's part flying fish anyhow. You know, Clint, sometimes it makes me stop and think. That kid can do almost everything with just a little practice. Things that it takes me years to learn. <laughs> it just runs in the family, Barney. We're just naturally smart. Oh, yeah? If you're so smart, why didn't you fix this phony mustache of mine so it wouldn't float off in water? I want to go swimming. Well, try growing one, then you can. <laughs> Besides, I didn't think you wanted to leave the beach uh, as long as that uh, girl was on it. Oh, you've noticed her too, huh? Well, I noticed her during lunch at the hotel. She had a little girl with her then. She's still with her, at least near her. See, and the water almost in a direct line with speed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I see her now. Well, I hope she doesn't go out too far. Looks like she can't swim. She's watching speed. Say, look at that big coma racing toward her. Suffering wang doodles. She's lost her foot and she's going out to sea. Well, come on, let's go after her. Oh, speed, speed, Caesar. Hope he can grab her. Speed, speed. Try to keep your head up. I'm coming. I'm coming. Here, here, grab my hand. That's right. Now you're all right. Don't try to swim. Don't try to do anything. Just relax and I'll get you ashore. That big wave knocked me down. Come don't waste breath. Rockin'. Oh, oh, swell. Then Barney are a way not to help me. Come to the Now, don't be frightened. That wave tilt us. It brought us in. I'll take the little girl. You would have been so tough, but, but for the undertow, they kept pulling against us. Well, careful. Careful, hit those two young ladies. Jean, honey, are you all right? I think so, Martin. Oh, sure, she's all right, miss. Just a little waterlogged, I reckon. She'll be good as new when she's dried out. Oh, how can I ever thank you all? And particularly this young man for saving her. Why, Jean would have been swept out to sea if he hadn't been so near her and acted so quickly. Oh, Marcia, I thought I was going to drown. Oh, there, there, darling. You're safe now. And don't you think you'd better thank your rescuer? Yes? Thank you. Uh, what is your name? Spear. Um, uh, Earl Fletcher. Well, may I introduce ourselves? Earl is the son of Mr. James Fletcher, and I am Monsieur Dorsey, the young gentleman's tutor. Oh, I don't need to tell you how happy we are to meet you all. This is Jean Kingsley, and I'm Marcia Winfield, her governess. Oh, uh, Will you and little Jean have supper with us tonight, Miss Winfield? Why, I, well, yes. Probably Miss Winfield will be dining with Mademoiselle Jean's parents, Mr. Fletcher. Oh, no. You see, Jean's father is in China in the diplomatic service. Oh, then it's a cinch you won't be eating with him this evening. So you will eat with us, huh? Well, yes, Mr. Fletcher, we'd love to. And now I'd better take Jean back to the hotel to recover from the effects of her narrow escape. Thank you again. Goodbye, Speed, Clint, and Barney. Huh? Hey, those aren't our names. Why, no, Jean. Wherever did you hear those names? Well, that's what they called one another when I was being safe, Marsha. 
How come you heard anything when you were half drowned? No, I don't remember calling anybody anything. I was too busy trying to get in. Well, probably the child heard us urging Earl to exercise more speed in effecting the rescue. Under such circumstances, it is only natural that such confusion should occur. Oh, no, Mr. Dorsey. I heard you plain as anything. Gee, you mustn't contradict. And now come along. We'll see our friends later. Good Bye. 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 Wouldn't you know a girl here thinks she shouldn't, even when she was drowning? Oh, out of the mouths of babes. The accident of a split second can upset weeps of careful planning. Nothing's upset. Miss Winfield didn't pay any attention to the kid. Well, maybe not. But that girl has brains as well as beauty, Bonnie. And you didn't help manners any, Romeo, by asking her to dine with us tonight. Say, the more we stay to ourselves, the less chance of a split up. Ah, oh, a little supper won't hurt anything. <laughs> we can tell more about that after supper. you care for some more ice cream, Mademoiselle Jean? No, thank you, Mr. Dorsey. I'd like some more. More? You had two dishes already. Another one and you'd never leave this table. <laughs> well, you wouldn't mind staying in Honolulu, would you, Earl? Well, it's swell here, Miss Winfield, but, but I'm looking forward to the rest of our clipper trip. Midway, Wake, and Guam Islands, Manila, and then Hong Kong. Gee. Hong Kong. Yes, I'm anxious to reach China, too. You going over soon? Tomorrow morning. We'll be fellow passengers on the clipper ship, Mr. Fletcher. Will you? You and little Jean are flying to China, Mademoiselle? Yes. I took the position as governess to Jean with that understanding. You see, her father went there six months ago and left Jean in my charge with instructions to bring her over as soon as he gave me the word to come. Well, I received that word just the other day, and I was fortunate in being able to get passages on the clip. Oh, that's swell, because... Uh, the, the check, Mr. Fletcher. Yeah, huh? A uh, uh, check? Oh, yeah, the dinner check. Sure. Uh, let's see what the damages are. What's that note under it? Uh, note? Yeah. It isn't addressed to anyone. Here, I'll open it. What does it say, Earl? It says, to all at this table, better not attempt the impossible. Leave well enough alone and do not take the clipper tomorrow morning... The octopus gives but one warning. The octopus? Do you know what this means, Mademoiselle? Yes. Yes, that note is meant for me. The octopus is a terrible criminal who has brought tragedy into my life. I... Go on, Miss Winville. I can't. I dare not. He knew I was here. He or his spies may be listening to me right now. But he's the reason I must go to China. Can we help you, Miss Winfield? I don't know. But I trust you and Mr. Dorsey and Mr. Fletcher... I feel that you're perhaps the only people in the whole world I can trust. Will you, for Jean's sake, will you give us your protection until we reach Hong Kong? But, Miss Winfield, I... Oh, after we reach China and Jean is safe with her father, I won't bother you anymore. What I must do then, I must do alone. But until then, will you promise us your protection? You have my promise. And mine, mademoiselle. Me too, Miss Winfield. We'll lift this octopus whoever he is. I'm not afraid of anybody who's afraid to fight in the open. Last episode, you remember, Speed, Clint, and Barney arrived at Honolulu under assumed names and disguises. That same day, Speed rescued little Gene Kingsley from drowning at Waikiki Beach, and through his heroism, the boys became acquainted with Marsha Winfield, her governess. The little girl heard the boys call one another by their true names during the excitement of her rescue, and speaks of this at dinner that evening. They deny it, of course, 
since utmost secrecy must surround their real reason for making the clipper trip, the capture of the criminal, the octopus. Clint figures that they will leave the islands in the morning, however, and thus escape the danger of being identified as members of the international secret police. But a note is brought to the table where they are dining with Miss Winfield and Jean. It is signed by the octopus and warns them to turn back before it is too late. Marcia takes this as a personal warning, saying that the criminal has brought tragedy into her life and that she is taking Jean to her father in China in the morning on the clipper ship. She begs their protection for the duration of the trip, and the boys promise it, though it may complicate matters even more. Just now, we find Jean and Speed on the veranda of the Royal Hawaiian Hotel that same evening. The water looks like diamonds sparkling in the moonlight, doesn't it? Earl, I'm talking to you. Uh, what? I bet your name is really Speed and not Earl at all. Yes, well, why don't you answer me when I call you Earl? Didn't answer because I was thinking about something else. And I wish you'd get over that silly idea about my name being Speed. It's Earl. Earl Fletcher. All right. But I like Speed better than I do Earl. You do, huh? But Earl's still my name. Uh-huh. And the water still looks like diamonds sparkling in the moonlight, doesn't it? No. Just looks like a lot of water to me. Speaking of diamonds, is that diamond hit rock over there? Yes. Well, you haven't got your glasses on now. And still you can see as good as anything. Why do you wear glasses if you don't need them? Uh, but I can't see. I mean, uh, I, I do need them. I could just make out a big black mass against the skyline over there. Well, that's why I had to ask you if it was Diamond Head. You're always explaining things. It's very mysterious. There's nothing mysterious about it. You just have to have things explained to you. Nothing but mysterious things. But I like mysteries. That's why I like you and Mr. Dorsey. I think he's wonderful. Say, Claire, uh, Monsieur Dorsey is wonderful. He's sure been a pal to me. Taught me everything I know. Of course. He's your tutor, isn't he? Well, uh, uh, sure. You see, it's... Oh, uh, here uh, they are. Enjoying the beautiful tropical night? Oh, Monsieur Dorsey. Boy, am I glad to see you. Well, that is not very flattering to your little companion. Oh, she's all right. But she has so many questions. <laughs> and he has such a hard time answering them. <laughs> I can readily understand that. Jean can ask more difficult questions than anyone I know. They weren't either difficult, Marcia. Just why Earl wears glasses when he doesn't have to. And why he doesn't answer when I call him Earl. And why... <coughs> oh, Mr. Fletcher. <coughs> Here, Papa. Here, Papa, I'll pat you on the back. <coughs> Uh, uh, get away. Your pets are worse than my strangling. Are you all right now, Mr. Fletcher? Uh, uh, not quite, honey. The only thing that can cure one of my coffin spells is a long walk. Uh, uh, come on, boys. I, I think we'd better take that walk right now. Uh, good night. Good night. Oh, we'll see you in the morning. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, come along, Earl. That coffin spell of yours sure got us out of a tight pinch, Barney Sure was lucky you swallowed wrong Swallowed wrong? Wait a minute, wait a minute I was using my brains, kid Brains that Clint thinks I haven't got Oh, quit boasting 
Let's head for the telegraph office. Huh? I must send a cable to the chief. About the jewel smuggler being aboard the plane? Yeah, this is the first time that we're completely unobserved. Now's our chance to really get down to business. Are you going to wire Chief Riley direct, Clint? Uh, not exactly, Speed. His name, address, and of course the message will all be in code. Yeah, I know the business. Instead of cabling Chief Riley, International Secret Police, International Building, New York, we send it to Fifi's Hat Box, Fifth Avenue. Fifi's Hat Box? Uh, yes, we, we're using a millinery store as a front. Something to tie in with my French disguise. You see, Fifi is supposedly my sweetheart, to whom I send letters and cables telling of my undying devotion. But really, you're talking about smugglers and ventures. Hot dog! <laughs> so Chief Riley's Fifi! <laughs> Can't you just picture the chief making a hat? <laughs> oh, here, here, quiet, quiet. Uh-huh. Even though the street is practically deserted, you don't have to shout everything, you know. Oh, we're safe enough. By the way, you going to tell the chief about Miss Winfield and Jean overhearing us call one another by our right names? No, after all, they may have completely believed our explanation. Miss Winfield, maybe, but not that Jean. He's got a memory like an elephant. Well, at least they won't be able to give us away until we reach Hong Kong, if we're going to protect them from the octopus on the rest of the trip. Uh, don't kid yourself, buddy. From the way this trip has begun, anything can happen. But right now, let's get this cable off to the chief. Huh? Speaking of our secret code, Clint, have you got the key to the code written out so I can memorize it like the chief told me? Uh, yes, I have, Speed. And the chief was more than right when he told you to memorize the key so that you can decipher any of our messages to and from him without referring to the paper. I'll say so. There'll be many a time when you won't have a chance to look up the messages from the code key. I know. I would have memorized the key long before we left Alameda, if I'd known I was going to really be one of the secret police. I didn't even know you had a code. Clint never told me about it. (laughs) Well, after all, uh, I am in the secret police speed. The pride of the service. (laughs) Now, don't start heckling, Barney, or I'll never find out about the code key. Where have you got it hidden, Clint? Well, it's in my belt buckle, Speed. Belt buckle? Yes, it has a false back, which can only be moved by pressing a tiny spring. It's such a complicated thing that it makes a very safe hiding place. While the cleverest man would never dream that it was anything more than an ordinary belt buckle. Gee, no. I've seen it hundreds of times and never guessed it held anything more than your belt. Well, I'll show you how it works later on. Now, we'd better get to that code message off to the chief. And after that? Then we'll go back to the hotel and get some sleep. I don't know how you all feel, but I need plenty of shut-eye. <laughs> Me too. I will sleep if Barney doesn't keep us awake with his snoring. Me snore? What's the idea always blaming me for such things? I never snored in my life. Snored it. I ought to know. <laughs> Barney can sure snore. Wonder if that's what woke me up. Can't be, because he's been doing that ever since he went to sleep. I can't sleep, so I think I'll go out and see what I can see from the balcony. If I can get out of bed without waking up Clint. Golly, this bed's creaking's almost as loud as Barney's snoring. Ah, Gee, this Hawaiian moonlight's sure pretty. What was that? Sounds like it came from below the balcony. Something's crawling up the vines, trying to get up on our balcony. Clint, Clint, wake up. Huh? What's that? 
What's wrong, Speed? Somebody's crawling up to our balcony. Whoever it is, I'll have to fall over Barney to get in here. He would drag his bed in front of the French door so he could get enough air. Good thing. This snoring will cover whatever noise we make. Yeah. You slip out of bed on your side, Speed. And I'll do the same. Make as little noise as possible. Yeah. There. Now, keep in the shadows until you get to the French door, Speed. We'll wait for him on either side. Oh, he's kind of in the way. We'll get more air if that guy comes through. Listen. Speed. There's his shadow falling over Barney. He'll be in full view in a minute. I see it. He'll be inside before we can reach the French doors, Clint. Yeah, maybe, but we still have the odds on our side. He's in light and we're in shadow. He won't be able to see us until he's clear out of the moonlight. Look, there he is. Yeah, keep down, Speed. And one thing more. If he has a gun, stay out of it and tired. Drop to the floor and leave him to me. Oh, Clint. Orders? Yes, sir. Gee, oh, Barney doesn't pick this time to wake up. Our visitor hopes so, too. Oh, look. Look, he's frozen in his tracks. What's Barney saying? He's talking in his sleep. Look, the man on the balcony's coming closer. He wants to hear what he's saying, too. The man's pulled a gun. Now, listen, you stay out of this speed. I'm going to crawl along the floor so I'll be near Barney if this fellow tries any rough stuff. I'm coming, too. You are not. I've got to, Clint. Barney needs help. All right, then, come on. But stay close to the floor. Oh, Marcia, you've got beautiful eyes. Oh, but I'm going to be true to Phoebe. Phoebe, Marcia, Phoebe. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey, what? What? Who, who, who are you? Help! Help, police! Keep down! Hey, he's got a gun! Come on, get up! I got him by the leg! Monster Dorsey! Help! Get off my neck! Help, police! Hey, look out! Look out, the gun! Clint! Clint! Where are you? Get him! Grab him! Speed! Speed, get out of the way! Get out, I say! I got him! Sir, I got him! Grab him, Barney! Turn on the lights! Barney, turn on the lights! Look out, he broke loose! I can't find him! I can't find the lights! Grab him! Hey, look out! The gun, the gun! No! You hear the lights? I got him! Gee, Clint, it's a Jewish smuggler on the plane! Clint and Barney send a cablegram in code to Chief Riley of the International Secret Police stating that a jewel smuggler was also aboard the clipper bound for Hong Kong. But they did not mention that Marsha Winfield, governess to little Jean Kingsley, is also going to China and has asked their protection during the flight, hinting that she, too, is seeking the mysterious criminal, the octopus. That same night, they surprise an intruder in their bedroom and after a terrific struggle, overcome the man and discover him to be the jewel smuggler who was aboard the China clipper, after turning the man over to the local police, we find the boys talking in their room just as dawn is breaking. What a night. I'm sleeping along just as peaceful. And all of a sudden, I wake up and see that guy's face almost touching mine. He was trying to hear what you were saying in your sleep, Barney. It's getting so a guy don't have any privacy at all anymore. People climbing up balconies and listening to every word you say. Yeah, we're darn lucky to get out of that as well as we did. What would you stirring up such a rumpus? What'd you expect me to do? Give that thug a sweet smile? Well, he gave him plenty of noise. 
And on top of that, you couldn't find the lights. Of course I couldn't. Somebody's foot was in my eye. <laughs> it sure was a mess. Half the time, I didn't know which was Barney and which was the jewel smuggler. Oh, so you're the guy that kept hitting me in the dark. No, Barney, honest. And if you ask me, we were lucky to get out of it as easy as we did. That smuggler waving his gun around like that. Hey, one of us might have been seriously hurt. I'll say. The darkness made it hard for us to see him. But I was lucky at that. Because he certainly couldn't see us good enough to aim a gun at us. You know, it's a funny thing. No matter what happens, I always get the worst of it. Must be fate, I guess. But if you don't keep your head better when any emergency arises like that, you won't have any fate. What's the matter with you, anyhow? You've had enough training in the past to be ready for anything. You're right there, old pal, old pal. Ready for anything. And believe me, I get everything. What did you expect me to do while that guy was jumping on my neck? Relax and enjoy sweet and beautiful dreams? No, but you might have feigned sleep a while longer. That smuggler had a gun. You're telling me? That bullet parted my hair. Clinton and me were just sneaking up on him when you woke up, Barney. Another minute and we would have had him. Well, you got him, all right. With me on the bottom of the pile. After this, I don't sleep in front of no more doors or windows. (laughs) Well, that was your own idea, you know. You wanted air and wanted to see the moonlight. (laughs) Yeah, and I saw stars, too. That fella had a punch like a pile driver. Why do you think he came to our room, Clint? Well, to get the key to our international secret police code. You mean our disguise is having fooled the octopus gang? They know who we really are? Yeah, I'm afraid so. By coming to our room, the smuggler proved to me that he was a member of the octopus band. And also that our disguises are useless. Then we can forget them? No, while they may know that we're the secret police, I'm sure they don't know how we really look. Uh, me, at least. You know, I've been careful of that in the past. And as long as they're not sure of my real appearance, I may be able to get through their lines yet. But, Clint, what about us? I want you to stay out of this whole mess, Speed. You're in it more now than I counted on. I'm sorry that I ever let Chief Riley talk me into bringing you along. Oh, Clint, I wouldn't miss this for anything. Let the kids like me to fight crime in every way we can. I'm luckier than the rest because I'm getting a crack at the octopus. Uh, you've done more than your share so far, Speed. Capturing Blackie Spears in my room, discovering the jewel smuggler tonight. I'm proud of you. But now with the octopus aware of who we really are, I want you to just stay out of the picture. That's right, kid. You'll run into more danger since leaving Alameda than I've had in a year. But I'll say you know what to do in a pinch. So far, you've done all the headwork of this outfit. Oh, no, Barney. I've just been lucky. But I sure wish I could do away with these glasses I have to wear for a disguise. Eh, you'll have to keep them a while longer, Speed. If there was no other reason for keeping our disguises, passport difficulties would be enough. If we assumed our real identities now, we'd have to do a lot of explaining to the Clipper officials. That's so. The Clipper captain and the crew don't know about us being in the secret police. But the octopus does. Yeah, the octopus. I'd give a lot to know just how much information he does have. the octopus call us here for? Anyone know? Does anyone know the master's desires until he has spoken, Splinters? No, but he seems to know what everyone else is thinking, though. <sighs> Gives me the creeps coming to this room. Nothing in it but that microphone for him to hear us and that loudspeaker for him to talk through. Your feelings are unimportant in the matter. This meeting is important. It is the first time the Hong Kong branch of the band has been gathered together 
since we first started operation here. Oh, yeah? Talk some more, Kwan Wu. I ain't been with you long, so anything you tell me is news. The band of the octopus does not waste words. The master is successful because he acts. Well, why don't he show himself? This mystery business is okay for the yokels, but I'd like to know who I'm working for and what I'm heading for. You are heading for disaster if you keep up this foolish talk, Splinters. The master pays you well for the work you do. Yeah, but you've seen his face. Why can't I? I'm one of the best aviators in the sky. I can do everything with a plane but make it cook. And still, I can't see who I'm working for. It is best not to, Splinters. I have seen the master's face. Because I am the only one he can trust. I have always been with him. Well, I'm sick of the whole business. I've been sitting around in this private underground hangar till I've forgotten what the sky looks like. I won't do it no longer. I want action. The You call yourself Splinters? Huh? Yeah. Uh, octopus? I have heard your complaint. Do you wish to leave my service? No. No, no, not that. When they leave you, they, they leave the world, life, everything. they never heard of again. I was talking foolish, Octopus. I'll keep my mouth shut after this, I promise. Your promises are less than nothing to me. Kwan Wu hired you because you are a good aviator. Yeah, the best I can do. I, I can... know your record in the air. And also on the ground, Splinters. You are one of the lowest type of criminal. A renegade aviator. A man who will fly for anyone who can pay him, regardless of the purpose. A man without conscience, without heart, as unfeeling as the ship he flies. I, but I, uh... I need such a man for my work. But such a man must not complain, for then he will be punished. I have certain underground dungeons for such punishment. No, 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 not, not torture. I ain't done anything against you, Octopus. I, I work for you hard. Don't torture me. I will give you a chance to prove your worthiness of remaining in the band of the octopus. What? How? Anything. One move. Yes, master. I have just been talking to the Honolulu office over my short wave set. Operator 41 was arrested two hours ago on a charge of burglary. Burglary? Then... Yes. Only Speed Gibson, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap could be responsible... Since their room was the only one he was going to search. Operator 41 must have been clumsy. The boy, Speed Gibson, was the real cause of his capture. A kid? For your information, Splinters, this boy is Clint Barlow's nephew. Barlow is not only the cleverest and most intelligent man in the International Secret Police, but he's raising this orphaned boy as his own and has taught him the rules of the Secret Police. Trained him to follow in his footsteps, should he so desire. And it is Barlow's heart that I will attack through his nephew. Since Barlow is our worst enemy, master. The only one I acknowledge, Kwanu. The only one who might end my career. <laughs> but he made his one mistake when he brought the boy on this trip. For what reason did the boy come? Chief Riley thought that such a move would remove suspicion. All three are disguised, traveling under assumed names. For the time being, I shall allow them their masquerade. May I humbly ask why, then, you caused the warning note to be presented to them under the dinner check, Master? More to frighten the Winfield girl. 
women are troublesome. I wanted her to stay away from China. Why, she frightened? Yes, but the little fool has the courage of ignorance. She's coming to China under the protection of our enemies. Does she know who they are? Not yet. That note also worried Barlow, not because of his own safety, but that of his nephew. Speed Gibson is the vulnerable point in Clint Barlow's armor. What is your plan? First of all, nothing must interfere with our business of smuggling. The men I have assigned to take care of that will not concern themselves with this warfare against our enemies. Kwanu, you are friendly with Dr. Kingsley, the little girl's father. Very, Master. I see him almost every day at the council office. He thinks very highly of me. Good. The more you are in his confidence, the more you will learn about Marshal Winfield. I want you to work on that alone. You know the background there, Kwanu. Yes, Master. It will be a pleasure. Now for the International Secret Police. Alias Monsieur Pierre Dorsey and Jim at Earl Fletcher. I am not attempting to interfere with their activities so long as they are aboard the clipper ship. That would be foolhardy. It is the stopovers that concern me. Those are the places where I can reach them. But Master Operator 41 is no longer flying with them. I know, but there are other ways. They leave Honolulu very shortly. They reach Midway Island in about eight hours. They will leave midway the following morning. Fly over the international date line and reach Wake Island Sunday afternoon. Sprinters. Yeah, yes, sir. I want you to take my special bullet monoplane and fly to Wake Island. You will leave immediately and await the clipper plane from midway. Do I go alone? Yes, but you will have a passenger when you return. At least, you'd better have a passenger. I, uh, I will. Who will it be? Speed Gibson. <laughs> So this is the Dr. Harold Miniature and Collectibles paid read. Is that what we're calling it? Okay, here we go. One, two, three, Dr. Harold, noted professor of collectibles with a PhD in Funko, has gathered the best of the best collections and collectibles in one online store. For the collector, Dr. Harold has action figures from McFarlane, Mezco, NECA, Marvel, DC, Bandai, and Ninja Turtles, plus Pokemon cards, retro toys, Dragon Ball Z, G.I. Joe, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Power Rangers, Strange Things, Rick and Morty, Transformers, Magic the Gathering, John Wick, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones. <gasps> oh boy, that's a lot. Also, board games, card games, and for those mystically inclined, tarot cards. DrHerald.MyShopify.com That's DrHerald.MyShopify.com Dr. Harold played varsity for the University of Retail Therapy, so he knows what sports fans want. Bobbleheads, Panini baseball cards, and collectibles for the NFL, the NBA, and the soccer leagues. Just just go now. DrHerald.MyShopify.com DrHerald.MyShopify.com You're going to love that new stuff is added all the time. So the treasure hunt for you can continue. Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles, online, drherald.myshopify.com. <laughs>